This episode of the Granddad's Basement Podcast is brought to you by Lopez Newton Realtors. Jeff, what do you got to say about Lopez Newton Realtors? Uh, they're pretty awesome, and you should already know that by listening to this podcast. Lopez Newton Realtors is the top team at Long Realty. We're in the top one half of 1% of realtors nationwide. Go to www.lopeznewton.com. We'll tell you how to how you can make 3% more money and 30% less time than the market's average in Tucson. And if you're not in Tucson, not in Arizona, don't worry. We got connections all across the nation. Like I said, we're in the top one half of 1%. You think we don't know people in Florida? You think we don't know people in Jersey? No, we can help you buy or sell a home. That's what we're here for. We're here to connect people as well. So who do you need? What do you need them for? Don't hesitate to reach out. Lopez Newton, Realtors, a long realty company. Jeff, you know anything about CBD? Only uh, what I've heard from you, actually, the endocannabinoid system your, you've been talking about. Your body has, you have your endocrine system, which that's kind of just your overall health, who you are, your your brain function, and you have an endocannabinoid system, which, you know, they, they banned marijuana and hemp products in the late 30s, 1937, I, I believe. Oh, okay. A whole lot of politics behind all that, and people's immune disease, autoimmune diseases went up immediately and it's been increased. So without, you know, marijuana or hemp products in your system, like you're, you know, that's fit. Marijuana is something from the earth and the CBD, the cannabidol, you know, for that's the long term of CBD that it really is saturates your endocrine, uh, your endocannabinoid system and for inflammation, like my back will flare up a little bit, like, oh, I'm just gonna put a little CBD on the back, you know, and it <laughs> legit does feel better. You know, I keep, I keep it right here, and that's, that's the brand right there. That's Populum. That's where I get my CBD from, Populum. Uh, it's the purest. They are third-party tested. There's nothing more important than getting third-party tested CBD. It's, it's the wild, wild west out there. I look at some of these companies' companies packaging, and, you know, they're misspelling words, and, you know, their their graphics, you know, makes me think of a culture that I don't want to be a part of, and you know, I that's I just prefer Populum, and you know, it, it does get a little expensive, but go to www.populum.com. That's P-O-P-U-L-U-M.com. Enter code word Nomad, and you're gonna get fifteen percent off. All right, that's you know, most places are giving you ten. I got you with fifteen. These are all the things you never knew you needed. Let's get to the basement. good to be king When I your subjects are broken little things Feels good to be kind But it's the only thing that keeps you alive And I'm alone most of the time now Now I'm the only one worth hanging around And I can really put my roots down now I'm the only I'm one in have. Well, I want to get them involved in actually a dojo But hopefully I have right. the discipline and teaching knowledge to explain that to them like you know and so we were watching fighting i watched fighting with the older boy for probably like six months straight and he's he's a baby i was just stay-at-home dad mm-hmm. just watching fights mma fights and like he got to he started hitting and it took a few months to get uh, out he was just too young like you can't ex- explain it to him like hey dude that's their job like that we don't hit people like they're doing that for work for entertainment 
you know, for their families, but we don't just go up and hit people. So, yeah. But I had, yeah, the same inclination into martial arts. Like, I didn't, it was just me and my ma chilling. She was working a lot. So, it was mm-hmm. Jean Claude Van Damme movies. You oh, know, yeah. Chuck Norris, uh, American Ninja. Did you ever see any of those? Oh, yeah. I've seen a few of them. They're so true. horrible. They're yes. So <laughs> bad. But I, I, there's like six or seven of them or something. I, I, yeah, I would go to the movie store, Adventures in Video. So, I was just oh, at wow. home all the time. My mom would be cutting hair. We lived in this apartment complex right by like a major intersection in Blaine, Minnesota. So there's all kinds of stuff, supermarket, fast food, mini malls, outlets, stuff like that. So I just I could walk to my mom's job. It was probably 200 yards away. And then the movie store was like right across from that. So I would just they knew me like by name. I would just hang out there for hours on end, just looking at movies and talking to the people working about movies like Mm-hmm. Little kids, they got to a point they just give me free rentals. Like, make sure you bring that back. Like, I'm gonna bring it back. Like, and then I just get like the same five movies over and over again. Just, yeah, Jean Claude Van Damme. Let's see, what was I watching? I get something Van Damme, Big Trouble in Little Tokyo, not Big Trouble in Little mm-hmm. China. Yeah, yeah. Okay, not mm-hmm. Kurt Russell, but that yep. was Brandon Lee and Dolph Lundgren. Oh, gosh. Ah. Yeah, that does sound very familiar. But those kind of, all those early movies, kind of corny martial arts movies that got me oh. into it as well but yeah i believe in just having that outlet for for self-defense mm-hmm. kind of i mean for men they should know how to defend and protect themselves and their partner like yeah. as well and women also need to know how to defend and protect themselves because i can't imagine the heightened alert state women got to be in you know when the sun mm-hmm. goes down just walk into your car like i don't i, I can't empathize with that feeling mm-hmm. but you know it's important to know if something were to happen i know women who've been approached in parking lots aggressively you know fortunately nothing came of it and yeah. they were able to get out of that situation but clawed a motherfucker's eyes you know needed the need of the nuts or whatever if i can teach you a judo throw even better all of a sudden dude's on his back what's up like mm-hmm. oh when people fight back it becomes a totally different story you know, yeah. for in a lot of instances, and which I think it's important for people to know. Yeah, I'm just—I may have told you the story before, but uh, I was a hotel operations manager for a number of years, and part of the job was really security, making sure doors are locked up, you know, people aren't sneaking into the hotel and being in places where they aren't supposed to be during the hours that they're not supposed to be there. And uh, you know, when people would leave the the front desk, you know, the clock out walk down this little hallway and uh, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night. You know, maybe it's midnight when they're getting off shift after they count out their, their drawer. And you know, there's a lot of women that worked in the hotel industry. You know, it's probably still more uh, female-dominated, I would say. Right. And I remember one of the front desk ladies uh, you know, clocking out at 11 and just you know, part of my job. You know, it didn't matter, male or female, would you like me to walk you to the, your car? Are you cool with that? No, how, just making sure that everybody feels safe and comfortable at their workplace because that's very important, you know, those feelings of safety. And uh, one lady's like, no, it's okay. I'm fine. I was like, all right, that's cool. And she clocked out, walked down uh, the hallway. I followed her out the door. I was probably no more than two steps away from her and was right behind her, followed her to her car. You know, she was there fumbling with her keys you know, for a little bit, trying to get into her vehicle. And that she got in, shut the door and, uh, you know, her car door. And I just popped in, like, just put my head right up next to the, the driver's side window. She turned and freaked out. 
Uh, and I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, you're, you're scared. And it makes sense because you had no idea I'd been following you this whole time and watch you fumble with your keys. Yeah, uh, even paying attention. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's still kind of like a funny story you know, between us now. And, uh, she's like, how long were you following me? I'm like, since you clocked out, she's like, I had no idea. Yeah, and you know the, the area it was in it was like next to a wash, and you know there have been some stories about people that had you know broken into vehicles, and again, so I just want to make sure that everybody's able to leave safely and to get home safely. Mm-hmm. And for those of you listening, next to the wash in Tucson, people live in the wash. You know, water <laughs> sweeps through, riffraff finds its way into the wash. Besides snakes and spiders and stuff, there's. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was driving down Tanka Verde a few weeks ago, middle of the day, and I see a lady and a fella kind of walk up from under there. I was like, what are we all doing down there in the middle of the day? That's <laughs> way too late in the day. It's too hot for you to just be waking up. Like, you know, mm-hmm. y'all were down there doing a little something, whatever that something may have been. It's yeah. Pop up out of the wash. Yeah, things pop up out of the wash, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I think that's... uh. Just, you got to be cognizant of your surroundings just as people walking through, just men and women. You know, yeah. But I think women especially just heightened alert. Like people can follow. There's weirdos out there. More than likely, you're, everybody's, you're going to be all right. More than likely. We're, we're playing a numbers game. However, mm-hmm. those negative numbers exist where people become victims. They end up in circumstances. And I don't ever want to be... Have something like that happen to me yeah. very easily could. I want something like that to happen to my wife or my kids. One of the things I like to live by. Mm. Uh, pr- pr- always be able to protect yourself and protect those. Uh, always be able to protect yourself as well as those unable to protect themselves. Gotcha. Like, so if you if you're the one who has to be there to help in a situation, you stand up and do that. Don't. Oh, nobody else is going to do it. First mm-hmm. of all, you're going to do it. Now, and second of all, you need to have the skills and ability, capability, capacity to to handle it, whatever it may be. If that's helping somebody on the side of the road or helping somebody in a drastic situation, they're about to overdose on something. You know, I mean, you've been in those situations, pulling up as a EMT, like yeah. seeing some some stuff. There are some things, you know, but for the most part, like. When I was in EMT, you know, it's like 99.9% of the calls that I was on were non-emergent, Yeah, I would say. And just, you know, somebody had a little bit too much to drink uh, and for really just needed a, a spot to sleep it off. But, you know, is it, you have your, you know, the Good Samaritan. Oh, somebody's just kind of like passed out and looks like they're on the side of the road, but they're just kind of trying to sleep behind a, a bus bench, making sure that nobody does see that they're just sleeping it off. Mm. And, uh, Take your ass in the wash. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, people get called and have to take them to the hospital because technically they're not uh, alert and oriented as they should be uh, in a manner where they can make decisions for themselves. And who knows, maybe there's something else that is wrong with them. And if they're homeless, then usually they're okay with going to the ER and hanging out for right. a few hours, maybe get something to eat and they don't have to pay for it. Why not? I always wondered, like, how, like, if you became a victim of whatever portion of life comes at you, you end up on the streets. Like, mm-hmm. how bad is it? Would I just rather be in jail? Like, I don't know. I hope I never have to know. Yeah. But, hey, you just got a college degree. 
Yes, I did. What is that in? Congratulations. Oh, again, thank you. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, got a bachelor's in English, so. Okay, that's took, right. I couldn't remember. I was like, eh, yeah. Yeah, it took me, uh, took me a while, but uh, I got it. So I've got that piece of paper now. <laughs> a stamped piece of paper. Yep. Hell yeah. What is, so mm-hmm. you got it to have it? Got it, you can apply it? What are you going to do? Kind of got it to, to have it. It's just one of those kind of goals of mine. Um, I feel like I am a goal-oriented person. And I just really uh, wanted to have a bachelor's. So, you know, before I thought about, I was like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll do the you know, traveling and teaching English as a foreign language, you know, deal. But, of course, life goals and things change. And, but I just definitely wanted to, to complete that and to finish it. Yeah, that would be a cool little avenue for a little bit. Go to wherever. Yeah. And teach a little bit of English. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be interesting. Because oh, you speak a cultures. couple of little languages, right? Ah, technically, I speak Spanish, but I understand uh, a lot of the Latin languages based on the way that I was taught Spanish. Is that somewhere you would, uh, a Latin country, Spanish-speaking country, is that somewhere you would have interest in I'd be okay English? with that. Yeah, I wouldn't be against it. Um, but really, yeah, I would just kind of love to, to go over to, to Asia still. Again, kind of back to the whole, yeah. uh, like, martial arts in the movie industry, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But... Um, in, in a weird way, I'm getting kind of like too old for a job like that. Really? Yeah. The, my understanding is they discourage a lot of people that are in their in their 30s uh, from doing those type of jobs, at least over in East Asia. I yeah. wonder why. Yeah. So there seems to be some type of stigma associated with it. And there's a couple people that I, that I listen to, um, like YouTube, and they have their own podcasts and whatnot, and they talk about things like... People that end up doing the teaching English like that over in East Asia are kind of looked down upon by society because they're looked at, you know, oh, they're just losers back home. So they're just kind of coming over here to get an easy job uh, that kind of gives them a specialty. So they're uniquely qualified to teach. It's one hell of a perspective. Yeah, yeah. But there's, I mean, uh, you know, and that's how those people kind of got over there is doing the teaching English thing too. Um, but there's just like this again, the stigma with the, the East Asian society. My perspective was of the degrees going, college is always going to be around. They make way too much money mm-hmm. for people on a close to international scale. A lot of the schools bring in a lot of money. That's very good for local economies and the overall the economy. Yeah. Sports make so much money. We talk about college athlete pay in a different conversation, but they mm-hmm. make a lot of money. So I don't think colleges are going anywhere, but I think the weight of what the degree means. Yeah. Like, nope, you are unqualified to work here because you don't have this stamp. Like, we talking about I partied for four years, I barely squeaked by, <laughs> and you know, I'm more qualified than such and such who's been working in this field since they were just graduated high school. They got seven years experience, but they're not ready for management, you know, even though they're running the ship and have been for some years. So I don't know. I, I'm heavy on experience. You can't do anything without experience. Everything comes with time. I don't, yeah, I, I do appreciate the degree, the, the know-how. If I was hiring somebody and the can, that could be the deciding factor, but I'm just talking overall generalities and it goes in and out. Well, you know, it can mean something. It cannot mean it means that you have drive, determination. You went forth with something. You know, structure. You can, you know, it proves that to people. You know, oh yeah, I went through this. I I can do certain things. You know, at the same time, you can have other experiences that give you the same stuff. So, six and one, I guess. Yeah, it's a 
have to be very careful when hiring people and how you weight the experience versus the education because, well, I mean, personality comes in play with that. But, yeah, experience and education. If you can get somebody that has both, ideally they're going to turn out to be a great employee, especially if they have, uh, you know, the right uh, personality, the right personable skills, right? Um, but, man, yeah, I mean – you hear like trade schools are starting to become a little bit more popular again. And that's, you know, you can't knock a trade school. No, and I don't get why they took such a hit. Like they put, they being like the country, the marketing, just the spin jobs. Oh, everything, career, you know, degree, 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 degree. And trades took a hit when there's so much money to be made there. And like the, or a societal point where people think they don't have to work, like physically work. Yeah. Like I did blue collar for long enough to know like you you gotta work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Sometimes you you gotta go out there and bust your knuckles up. So yeah, the, the, there's money to be made out there. And I don't know. What do you think of the whole just you're now a man of higher education, you know? So you've been through multiple school systems throughout multiple phases of your life. Yeah. So what's your takeaway from just the education system? Well, some of the best teachers that I had outside of high school um, was actually at community college. Me too. Yeah. They really seemed to care about the students and were willing to kind of go the extra mile to to help uh, their students succeed. And I thought that was great. A very different experience than what I had when I went to uh the university. The, I, I started off at the University of Arizona, then I went to Pima Community College here. The professors, teachers, instructors, whatever you want to call them, were much more passionate about teaching the education system and their students at the community college level. And that's even comparing the uh, number of students in a class. You know, same thing. Okay, I'm in a class with 30 to 40 students at the community college level, or maybe I had a small course at the U of A. Community college, one hands down. Yeah. And still had people with like their doctorates teaching me at the community college level. So not, uh, I don't know, but when I went to University of Illinois at Chicago, (laughs) again, gone to a few different universities, um, that was a very good experience too. Uh, I just felt like they knew what they were doing. You know, there was a, it was a great teaching environment. Again, there seemed to be a, a very good sense about caring about the students and, again, wanting them to succeed that I did not experience, at least the when I first went to the U of A. But granted, there was like a 10-year difference from when I went to the yeah. U of A to when I went to UIC. And going, I even checked into going back to the U of A uh, when I moved back to Tucson. And there's definitely a different type of mentality with the staff there when I was speaking to their, uh, was it, counselors. So that was, it was a better experience the second time when I started talking with people there. But I decided I'm just going to do real estate instead. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was midway through an uh, education degree. I was getting a special ed degree. Oh, okay. In Minnesota. Most recently, I was at Augsburg University. It was Augsburg College for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And then 2018, first semester 2017-18 school year, they switched. Like, we're now Augsburg University. 
It's going to be great for the school. It's a, it's a Christian college, Lutheran-based. Oh, really? Um, 2,000 kids. Awesome school. I oh, loved it. I took, I don't know, maybe 12 credits there. I just wish I took more. But go, I went to Pima Community College in Minnesota. An all right time there. The thing about the professors there that they're either young mm-hmm. and still hungry, still with it. We're you know working for that better, better position, quote unquote better position, or they want to be there because they've gone out there at my my community college. The, the, I seasoned. I've been doing this for thirty years. This is where I want to be. I want to be. You know, I've gone out there. I've seen other stuff. I worked at this university. That one. Normandale, you know, they they let me do my thing and they, I have my curriculum. They don't mess with me and you guys get the education that I want to give you. Like, it, it was interesting. I felt a little left in the dust. You yeah. Know? Like, I got off active duty. I was transitioning. My, mm. just, everything in my life was just unstable. So it was probably a whole lot to do with me. And I got there and with it being such stark difference from being military every day for over 10 or for 10 years and then to go back to college all of a sudden and i never even took a college class i'm just like oh, well i i have but not at a college i'm gotcha. just like what is happening i didn't know what was going on everything nobody seemed to be helping me when i probably wasn't asking the questions and just i was just in a stint just in a funk and when you transition your life like that off of something stable extremely structured and you actually become a man from 19 years old to mm-hmm. 30 years old and then decide you're going to just go to community college. At, I was, let's see, I was almost 29. So, so 28, I'm going to go to community college. Like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, <laughs> I had no idea. It was stark. Like, these are all kids. Like, I've felt uneasy. But I don't know. I think the education system, though, as a whole, there were things I learned in college in, in my, as an education major that I feel should have been middle school topics. Sure. How the education system was formed, why why you are here. It could I would even argue it could be a fifth grade thing. We got taught sex ed in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. I think it could tell us why we're here in fifth grade. Go back, talk, let's talk about the American Revolution. Let's talk about how this happened. We're forming a country. Let's talk about everything. Let's talk about the mistreatment, the takeover of Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about all of that. That stuff maybe you could save till high school. But the why you were here, the American Revolution, we need to get uh, an educated populace. That was Thomas Jefferson's thing. Mm-hmm. How, if we're going to let people vote, they they need to know who they're voting for. They need to be able to read about these people and, and read, reading, writing, arithmetic, basically. That was the big three. That was Thomas Jefferson's thing at all United States citizens will get this. I guess all meaning all the white ones at the time, but we, we got yeah. there. We got there. Uh, so I think that's stuff we could have learned earlier on. And then I'd also like to see just more better preparation to be citizens. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of the stuff I learned in college as a grown, full-grown adult man in my 30s yeah. in college, that, well, if that would have been taught to me, like, I get it, I understand it. Yep, that makes sense. I'm going to get an A on this paper. But... Some form of that should have been taught to us at a way younger age. Let's learn about why we're here. Let's learn about how to work together to get things done. Let's learn about citizenship, how to 
how to buy a house and mm-hmm. like they always say, oh no one taught me how to do my taxes that's the most common one yeah you know we had some classes that kind of prepared us like budgeting we had a budgeting course like i think that should just be standard like a lot of schools don't offer that or it's an elective so a bunch of kids don't get it just make it the standard and i also want to see drug education in the public school system starting right away mm-hmm. you know starting at aspirin tylenol over-the-counter sugar mm-hmm. you know caffeine let's talk about this and then we'll work our way up into middle school where we're you know we're t- the the you know the lighter drugs and then come high school we're going to do projects on heavy drug use and the outcomes of that and show people all these pictures and teach them about what it is and that goes into a whole bigger you know education and country societal shift where let's you know eventually legalize and teach people about all these drugs and let them make decisions for themselves instead of trying to hide stuff or, or lie about things. Okay. Well, you lied to me about marijuana all this time. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. We, we come to find that even you can strip away, you can have no psychoactive effect, have some CBD, which is just beautiful for your body. And, but ho- however, a lot of companies got to get that, uh, imported from Canada for, for whatever state they're in. And it, you know, regulations are lightning every, every day now, but we just got to do better. And I want to see that compiled with, since we have such an issue with gun violence since the late 90s, it's just gotten exponentially worse every year. Let's institute firearm education f- starting in elementary school. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, the, you know, starting with familiarity and safety, you know, right away, I'm, as soon as possible. How often do you hear in the news, Tyler? You know, toddler shot. Yeah, you know, yeah. Or toddler shot baby. Mm-hmm. You know, what the hell? Well, what what it sounds like to me is, and just thinking about my educational career. I mean, even going all the way back to things like kindergarten to to now, the there was a heavy promotion of, if I remember correctly, the term is the Renaissance man. Okay. Okay. And so that was a big thing to do with the want all the students to basically be halfway decent at all of your typical educational subjects. Now, you should be good at math and science and your, your English, your arts, that sort of thing, music. You should have a good foundation in all of those educational subjects. But one of the things that they did not focus on was on more like life skills. So even, and you probably hear other people talk about this too, the difference between like Oh, when you shake somebody's hand, yeah, you know, it's like oh, you hear it described. Oh, that was like a cold, wet fish. That's no good. Um, you know, like you said, bouncing a checkbook, uh, coming up with a resume. Sometimes they cover those things in classes, but they don't give it the attention that it probably should have. It's a gloss over. It's a very yeah, gloss over is a perfect term for it. And yeah, there's the Renaissance man was supposed to be focused on educational skills. It seems like, but not the life skills that you need to really survive and function properly in society. In Eau Claire, Wisconsin, at least through the 90s, we had mandated home ec class in middle school. So we had a cooking class with Miss Visti. And the next year, that was either 6th or 7th grade, and then 7th or 8th grade, the next year we had sewing class. Mm -hmm. Just basics like, hey, this is how you tie a knot. If you rip the button off your jeans, you can just do this. You don't got to go buy a whole new set of jeans. You can do this. You know, or button off your shirt, whatever it may be. Just quick, easy stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, the emphasis on just how to be a citizen, how to how to get by 
in life day to day. Yeah. Not all this on paper. Oh, your test this, your test this. I mean, I'm sure. So just like when I got out of the military, I was not prepared for the world. I didn't prepare myself. You know, I don't know how much high school primary education is preparing. You know, our youth, and I just and a part of that's parenting too. Parents got to do a better job of preparing their kids for life, if especially if school's not. I just think this. From where I came from, that's who raised me. Like mm-hmm. the school, I got all my knowledge like at school, whether I applied it properly or not. You know, my my mom was working a whole lot, not a dad in the house, so it's like, all right, well, you get to learn everything at school. That's where you're being socialized. And yeah, if I, you know, if they taught us some different stuff, I probably could have avoided some situations I found myself in through through time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just would like to see. You know, I just want everybody to do better. To include what we give people, we need to give people better things. Yeah. Know? One of the big things that I think I learned from my dad is the whole, because he's in the bar business, you know, bartender and, you know, bar management. He's done that um, all my life, at least. And it's kind of that, uh, you know, roadhouse, you know, be nice until it's, yeah, until it's time to not be nice, right? Um, So really just kind of kill people with kindness. And that was something that I learned. and That's helped me out in a lot of social situations. There's something to that. I think mm-hmm. that gets you just very far, just being able to out high road. Yeah. M- most people and most times. Pause. This episode of the Granddad's Basement Podcast is brought to you by Empower Financial Group, LLC. At Empower Financial Group, LLC, we sincerely believe that most people want to do what is right, right for themselves, right for their families, and right for their community. In fact, that's one of the reasons we created the firm in 2018. You can take comfort in the fact that we have been a part of the Tucson community for 40-plus years, therefore have a vested interest in seeing our friends and neighbors succeed. In fact, we probably have many of the same hopes and aspirations as you, and you will be happy and share all the resources and information this firm has to offer. Depending on your needs, we can introduce you to some proven, dependable ways to help protect your family's lifestyle and future, or prepare for major financial events such as paying for college, saving for retirement, or caring for an aging relative. Reach out to Empire Empower Financial Group by going to www.empowerfinancialgroupllc.com. Get your money right. Let's get back to the basement and finish this thing up. Being the bigger person, being positive, outputting yeah. positivity. Nobody wants to just hear anybody sulking or the things you don't like. Why are you having conversations solely based on the things you don't like? like let's talk about the flip side of that coin because there's got to be so many more things that you do like. It's like people always want to argue about these hot-button topics, whatever that may be, no, yeah. gun control, whatever, political type of stuff. Like, all right, just agree to disagree for those. Table it. Let's table just two people having a conversation. You have a staunch disagreement. Table that and let's go find out some more stuff about each other. Mm-hmm. As we move, scratch a little bit deeper than the skin, we'll probably find out a whole lot more similarities than people are different. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what I got people's mission like, oh, I, I don't like that person. Or do you not like that person? You don't know that person. Have you taken the time to not like them? Because if you don't like them, great. That, that's fine. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're not, you don't have to like everybody, but you know, do you like them because you know them? Because if not, take time to get to know them before you just don't like them. Yeah. Anyways, I think we should get up out of here. Yeah, yeah. I've got a... We, we ran a little long. Yeah. I was trying to do a it's quick hitter. Good. We had some technical difficulties at the beginning, but it's all good. 
Jeffrey, real estate agent extraordinaire. Tell them where to find you. Oh, you can find me over at Lopez Newton Realtors at Long Realty, located at 3777 East Broadway Boulevard, Suite 100. Yeah, Watkins, welcome. Watkins, welcome. Yeah, reach out. Don't hesitate. What's your Instagram? Instagram is Jeff Wee, which J-E-F-F-W-H. is... J-E-F-F-W-H-E-E-E-E, if I remember correctly. Quad E. Yeah. Quad E. Mm-hmm. All right. Right on, brother. I appreciate your time. I want to get you back in here. You know, want to get, awesome. get deeper into the basement, most definitely. It's a good introduction to, uh, to Mr. Jeff Way. Wow. Thank you very much for having me. Jeff again. This has been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get up out of here. Cool, thank sure. you. Everybody be cool. Feels good to be king When all your subjects are broken little things Feels good to be kind When it's the only thing that keeps you alive And I'm alone most of the time now Now I'm the only one worth hanging around And I can really put my roots down now I'm the only one in town Feels good to be home But I can really get this pain off my chest No one knows the trouble I've seen And what that trouble gets Heavy weight on my mind From all the stuff that I saw Warm bodies and fresh meat It's all the same to the law And I'm alone most of the time now I'm the only one worth hanging about My mom says I watch too much TV And sit too long on the couch Welcome to the basement, Jeffrey. Thank you Good for morning. having me. Good morning. How's it going today so far? So far, so good. Beautiful day outside.